This, the Chad and Cheese podcast brought to you in partnership with TA Tech. TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Visit tatech.org. Okay, Joel, quick question. Yep. What happens when your phone vibrates or your texting alert goes off? <laughs> Dude, I pretty much check it immediately. And I bet everyone listening is reaching to check their phones right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I call it our Pavlovian dog reflex to text messaging. Yeah, that's probably why text messaging has a freaking 97% open rate. What? Crazy high candidate response rate within the first hour alone. Which are all great reasons why the Chad and Cheese podcast love text to hire from Next. Love it. Yep, that's right. Next with the double X. Not the triple X. So if you're in talent acquisition, you want true engagement and great ROI. That stands for return on investment, folks. And because this is the Chad and Cheese podcast, you can try your first text to hire campaign for just 25% off. Boom. So how do you get this discount? You're asking yourself right now. Tell them, Chad. It's very simple. You go to chadcheese.com. And you click on the next logo in the sponsor area. Easy. No long URL to remember. Yeah. Just go where you know. Chadcheese.com and next with two X's. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Today, we have an interview with, yeah, that's right. Joe Shaker Jr. Welcome, guys. Welcome, Joe. President of Shaker Recruitment Marketing. And you guys, I mean, Shaker's been around for a hot minute, right? How long have you guys? Tell us, give us a little background on Shaker. I'd I'd be happy to, Chad. We have been around for a little bit. Uh, 1951, actually, was when our agency started. So we're going on six decades now of recruitment marketing. Um, Started by my grandfather. So very proud of the fact that I am third generation um, leading the organization, but um, you know, always helping organizations recruit and retain talent. So I will believe we are one of the longest running recruitment ad agencies out there. Um, there's early stories go back in time to you know Bernie Hodes and my grandfather actually having many uh, good times uh, traveling <laughs> the U.S. helping organizations do talent acquisition or back then recruiting. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a long uh, family history and long tenure that we're proud to be part of, of the Shaker family and legacy. So third generation, was, was this a voluntary <laughs> job for you no. or was no. it sort of uh, at gunpoint that you decided to be uh, in the business? 100 percent voluntary, Joel. I mean, I'm uh-huh. one of 24 in the third gen. Um, some of the third gen obviously are joined the ranks and have joined um, the agency. There's six of us actually in the third generation that are working currently at the business. Wow. Uh, second gen, which is obviously my father who uh, grew the business and his siblings um, also still here. So there is a good amount of our family, but 
We're up over 100 employees now. So it's not just Shaker employees. Um, it's Shaker family as well as our employees that makes up the whole entire organization. So there's been a lot of ups and downs for the last 60 years, for goodness sakes. How in the hell has Shaker been able to hold it together for so long? We've seen so many big names go by the wayside. How have you guys been able to do it? You know, I will say it's our founding principle that my grandfather, when he created the business, it's customer service. And I know it's easy to say that, mm-hmm. um, but I do believe that's really how this agency was founded around his model and my father's model, make a friend, make a deal. Um, and in doing so, we do it. I think it's two front. Um, we build strong relationships with our clients, many of which we've had decades with. Um, some organizations have been with us 20, 30 years. Um, but we also hold those relationships, I believe, very strong with the media um, because that is really, at the end of the day, we're the bridge between the media and our clients. And having those strong relationships, both with our media friends and partners, as well as their clients, is what has allowed us, I believe, to not only you know continue to grow, but stay relevant in the industry. Historically, if you could go back to your grandfather and, and if they were all in a room, was 2008 the hardest time? Was it uh, 2000? I mean, what, what period for agencies was indeed the toughest? Sure. I mean, I think, Joel, you hit it on your, it was a, your last uh, podcast. I mean... When you last recession, right, you had a couple of things, I think, that kind of hit the industry. It was obviously a recession, which we all know our industry is tied to. Jobs are going to go up. Jobs are going to go down. And our, our business is going to go along with it. But I believe from an agency perspective, right, you also had this change in business, right, going from print and obviously going to online um, also changed our business at the same time in which many organizations stopped recruiting. And so you had to figure out both, right? How do you stay relevant in the new era of town acquisition and recruitment marketing, as well as manage to do that in a time when not many employees were obviously hiring. And so that was probably, I would say, the most difficult, but it was also, you know, in all fairness, kind of really the first one that I've had to lead through. You know, my father, who's done this longer than I have, obviously, um, has led me through um, how he's done it in the past. And it's really staying true to the core and building those relationships and keeping our business intact because we all know it's going gonna, it's gonna to come around. And eventually organizations like where we are today are out there aggressively recruiting. And right now, I believe out of the recession, this is one of the hardest times. I mean, it's so competitive out there. And I'll use you know, the lines of one of my clients at McDonald's, um, David Fairhurst says, it's, you know, it's not a war for talent. It's like a workforce cliff <laughs> and how difficult it's getting. So I think this is even a trying of a time to, for organizations to st- uh, effectively recruit the town acquisition out there. So other than other than the workforce cliff, which is, I mean, that's big enough as it is, what, what has been the, the biggest change in the last five years? Has it been technology? Has it been the relationships? I mean, what, what's really been the driving force of, of not just Shaker, but you've seen the industry overall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny, Chad, because how some, a lot has changed, right? Mm-hmm. A lot hasn't. Um, in terms of, I believe, recruiting, and we look back and confusion that exists out there, the difficulty in finding right talent, right, is what is what's making it difficult right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you go back in time, you know, it might have seemed easier, right, because ultimately it was just print. Um, but even when it was just print, um, and Joel, no offense, I'll have to disagree kind of with the statement on the last podcast, that wasn't easy. Um, even when we were running newspaper ads across the U.S., you had to research, you had to find those newspapers, both the naturals as well as the locals. What's the best data one? What's the right circulation? The trade journals, you know, what's the creative in the ad? Um, it was a difficult job and it was a time consuming job. And much like it is now, you know, is it the aggregators? Is it the job boards? In some cases, it's still running ads in local newspapers. Um, 
you know, it's still a difficult task to put together that right media mix. But I believe the biggest thing to answer the question, what has changed the most is around, you know, it's a buzzword, but it's one of the most important parts, employment branding. Um, historically, we used to just create pretty ads. It was aspirational. It wasn't tied to anything. That was in the 70s and the 80s. Now, right, with the, we all realize the importance of messaging. You can't do false advertising because all it's going to do is lead applicants and they're going to balance. You're not going to retain any of them. And that's what led to the explosion of employment branding. You get to that employment value proposition. And that is also obviously an opportunity that opened the doors for many agencies um, because it's obviously a service that we all provide. Um, and I believe it's one of the most important things that organizations have to do because you can put together the right media mix. But if we're saying the wrong thing, what's having the right media plan going to do? Ultimately, they're just all going to bounce. And the key to this whole thing is retention. I want to talk about talent for a second. Um, you just made an acquisition, which we've talked sure. about on the show. And if yep. for our listeners who haven't heard that uh, episode, I encourage you to do so. Uh, you've gone from about 100 to 110-ish, uh, according to the news that I've written and read. Um, I assume a lot of that was the hires that you've made uh, from the Arlen group. So my question is, saying that you know it was difficult to you know what publications are we in what does creative look like etc how has talent changed um from the newspaper days till now or has it at all yeah no it's definitely i mean it's a lot harder of a business in terms of being able having the minds to look at the traditional ways to recruit as well as look at the new emerging media and i think having that balance right of the historic as well as the emerging is what's important and it's it's a hard task i mean some of our obviously for all our account directors and account managers to be able to dance um, the media planning that goes into that as well as looking at your creative, as well as looking at the candid experience, right? And the whole website of the house. And so having that balance across that is, um, it's a it's a hard talent to find. And you are correct. I mean, one of the things obviously that it definitely interests us in the Arlen acquisition um, was the talent, obviously with their leader, Deb, um, who I have the utmost respect for, and they're her whole team. Um, of talented individuals from account directors, account executives, and creative individuals that will be joining the ranks of Shakers, I believe, you know, best-in-class executive team and full team of employees already. I mean, when I look at my leadership team now, which excites me the most, I have Ellen and Mike Temkin, who have been with me for over 30 years. Um, I have the likes of Dan Shaker, my cousin, who came to us three years ago, but previously that um, had his own creative branding shop. Um, and so bringing his creative mind and genius into our recruiting agency is obviously propelled our creative. And then before the Arlen acquisition, we also hired Peter Carr, um, who's got 20 years business um, in the industry to our executive team, coupled with Derek Briggs, who's my COO, who used to be an actuary at Pricewaterhouse. And it's those minds, right? The mathematical, the creative, um, the account services, as well as obviously where the industry is going. I believe that's going to obviously propel Shaker into the next wave. So that next wave you see is going to be really attached to the the EVP and employment branding. No matter what you're doing, yeah. employment brand has some kind of of shape in that in that formula. I guess you could say 100. percent But it's just, I mean, it's it's that with the media with the experience. When you talk about media and, and, and employment brand and emerging media, what is the emerging media right now that you're starting to attach employment brand to? So, I mean, the media is itself, I mean, obviously one another, one of the buzzwords and branded terms is being thrown out there, right, is programmatic job distribution, right? But how does that fit in? How does that also mm -hmm. take into consideration? Yeah. I do believe some of the ways where you have to traditionally roll up your sleeves and recruit. So it's not just being so putting all your budget into 
programmatic or putting all your budget for that matter, even into sourcing. Diversification is key. I think it's Glassdoor's stat. It's like media now that candidates are touching 16 different sources. And so how do you be at 16 different sources, especially right now where organizations are still working with limited budgets that they might have had from historical years or in trying to fight for more budget? How do we make that money go further across more sources? And that's what I mean by using the past as well as looking at some of the emerging in order to be effective. Because also we look at candidates, they're everywhere. And you, so you have to be everywhere, yet we're still working with some pretty tight budgets right now. I would say it's not just the media. I mean, it's also, right, mm-hmm. it's that message. And then, yes, goes into that, the whole candidate experience side of the house. It's those three things that are important. And trying not to dilute the 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 overall spend, right? Trying to get a good, a good base, um, a strong base, but not trying to dilute at the same time. 100%. I mean, a lot of times right, we'll have clients that say, well, let's take all our money and put it into employment branding because we have to invest mm-hmm. in it. Well, if we spend all that money in the employment brand and then there's nothing left over to go find those candidates or address the experience, what's the point? So it's it's leveraging and spraying them across those three buckets as well as, of course, putting diversification within each of those because developing employment brand, you're developing one. No, in many cases, right, it's one EVP, but it's then segmented out across a variety of different industries. So how is it like to work in IT versus how it's like to work in marketing, right? We have to take that EVP and segment it down. So it's even, you know, diversifying the spend within the appropriate buckets there as well. You mentioned a few new technologies. You said programmatic and, and obviously uh, the uh, the SHRM conference just sort of finished up uh, last month. And I know that you guys there in your own backyard in Chicago were attendees and in, in, in the vendor space, and I know that you personally go to a lot of conferences as well as have you know exhibited in a lot of them over the years. How would you sort of explain this year's Sherm conference, particularly the exhibit hall? What kind of trends are you seeing, or what sort of things do you expect to be become hotter in the coming coming months and years? Sure, um, I think it's ex- it was exciting. I know you guys were. I thought you were there as well. Looking at the Sherm show, even um, just last week, we're at the Knacker show up in uh, Scottsdale. Um, I mean, the exhibit halls are packed, right? I mean, every show that we go to, there's more and more. And most importantly, I think what's most exciting too, and there's more and more new people coming to the space, right? Um, I think you guys do a fabulous job, uh, obviously, on the startups as well as covering the investment in their space. I've never seen it in the years. I'm not going to say how long I've been doing this because I don't age myself, um, but I've never seen um, more investment being thrown in the talent acquisition space, specifically on the technology side, more um, in recent times. Um, and talking even with my father, he would agree. Um, and that's exciting, um, especially for organizations such as ourselves as the advisors to our clients to be able to look at those solutions. And I believe finally the attention's being put on the importance of town acquisition. And you know, we're not just standing by and saying, well, it's the ATS's problem. There's nothing we can do about it. Well, people are finding smart people are coming in and solving those business issues that are making it easier um, to effectively recruit. And so I think it's one of the most exciting times in our industry. And that's believe where it's going. It's exciting, but it's also confusing as hell, right? Because we have so many startups that are out there. And then we have all these companies, these vendors who are trying to reinvent themselves. Um, I mean, what what is your team doing? Because there's so much that's happening out there. And Joel and I try to cover as much as we possibly can. But how can you get into this, really, all of this excitement and also play off the confusing piece? Most talent acquisition professionals have no clue what programmatic means. And that's just programmatic, not not talking about everything else that's happening. Sure. So, I mean, how are you guys actually going after that business with this huge 
uh, explosion of not just dollars, but startups? Sure. Um, well, I mean, the biggest thing, as I'll say, and I think from an agency is it's, I mean, being their trusted advisor, right? Being their client's partner. And so mm-hmm. as we approach it from an unbiased perspective on the media, we're doing the same thing from a technology perspective um, and making sure that obviously it's our, at the end of the day, it's what our clients need. It's in their best interest. And then that's when we bring in those solutions. And in some cases it might be, you know, provider A. In other cases, it might be provider B. Um, I think it's important that everyone stays in those lanes. And I think as we move through this, uh, you can call it complicated, confusing industry, I think where a lot of companies might stray one way or the other, um, you know, it's important that we all stay in our lanes. Um, You know, media can't be an ad agency. I don't believe an ad agency can be a media or be a technology provider. Um, So that's kind of, I believe, we're navigating through Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's where our clients can see the most value is that they realize we're going in their best interest. So, and this goes to one of the questions that I was going to ask with regard to staying in your lane. There are so many vendors that are out there who want to try to go direct and go away from the agency, but also you're starting, I mean, we've seen agencies do the exact same thing where instead of trying to be that unbiased, really third party who's trying to help a company, they develop their own technology. And it's like, hey, you don't have to go anywhere else. Come straight to us. So do you believe that with this new explosion of startups that a lot of these different agencies will be able to see that there's no way that they can keep up with the the technology, number one? And number two, what about what would you say to all those vendors that are out there? I'm going to give you a platform here. What, do you, what would you say to all those vendors that are out there that feel like they can just go direct and try to go around the agency? Sure. Um, so obviously, I can only speak, Chad, to my agency, right? And to Shaker. Yeah. Um, you know, what others do, and I think it's made sense, and, you know, that's their decisions. Um, I can just tell you how we're approaching it. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at it, um, there's enough business, obviously, for everybody, um, but really it is about partnerships, like I said at the beginning. Um, and that's how we, Shaker, how it's always been. I mean, I remember as a youngster going to, and Joe, you'll appreciate this, Bulls, Chicago Bulls championships when we won six of them. Um, <laughs> you know I had to get the sports angle in. So I don't know, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I do not think LeBron has won six, but Jordan has. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I would go to those championship games um, with my father, the likes of, <laughs> with the likes of the Sun-Times and the Tribune. I mean, these were some of my father's best friends, still are to this day. Um, and those partnerships with the media, ultimately, when you get that partnership with the agency as well as the media, wins the client. And then, obviously, the agency and, of course, the media partners do. And so it's been proven. I mean, we got 60 years of success on when that partnerships, how they can be effective and how they can be beneficial for all parties. Um, and I think, you know, the media needs to understand and the partners need to understand out there is that's why, obviously, organizations go to ad agencies like myself and to many of my peers is they're looking for the advice, they're looking for those recommendations, and that's what we provide them. And so when you do this in cooperation, they're going to benefit. Where you get competitive, that's where obviously I believe issues come up and no one wins. The agencies don't win, the media doesn't win, and most importantly, our clients don't win. Joe, what, what products and services are employers asking about the most? And also, which products and services do you see sort of fading currently? Yeah, I would say... Probably the biggest product ready that many organizations are out there actively looking for and seeking is around programmatic job distribution. 
um, and obviously the importance of it. Um, I believe, and we're strong opponents of it, um, and believe that this is something that obviously isn't going to stop. It's going to continue um, to expand in this industry, just like where how job postings should go. How they went from newspapers via AdSend to job postings via the job distributors like eQuest and Broadbean. Um, and job target, and obviously now job postings being done through programmatic job distribution, but really giving clients the capabilities now to base their media buying off of metrics in real time, um, being flexible, not locking into set contracts amount, hoping that the right amount of postings was purchased at the start of the year, um, and putting rules in and sponsoring jobs that need to be sponsored and not sponsor and unsponsoring jobs that don't need it. I mean that's something I believe right that isn't going to stop. Um, it's going to continue to evolve. It's done it in the traditional marketing world. And so it just makes sense, obviously, that it transforms over into the recruitment marketing arena as well. Um, you're right. We didn't talk about much today around AI. Um, I do believe, obviously, that's another area that's going to, of course, continue to evolve. Um, the way artificial intelligence is being utilized from a sourcing perspective and helping people proactively go out there and find those right candidates, too. I believe AR, AI provides a great resource in helping find that needle in a haystack. Um, in addition, you know, the likes of a hiring solves and Intellos, um, accessing individuals that didn't even put their resumes into a database, right? It's finding that passive impulsive candidate um, is gonna be even easier using, utilizing those technologies. And then you got the, the candidate experience side. It is so hard um, for organizations to say, well, we can't talk to every single candidate that right comes to a career site. We don't have the teams in place to be able to address every single one of them. So how do we respond to candidates um, in a quick manner and give them updates? And I believe, you know, the chat bots like from Olivia or Paradox and Recruiting.ai are addressing some of those business challenges um, and I believe are going to continue to evolve and make it even more um, easier uh, for organizations to improve their candidate experience using technology. On the same hand, I don't see, you know, computers taking over the whole town acquisition process. Um, this is a people business. Organizations um, are going to need people to sell people on why they should come work for their organization. Individuals aren't going to make life-changing decisions without feeling for the organization and talking to someone in the, in, in the industry. So I don't believe, you know, where there's some schools of thought where, you know, AI and robots are going to uh, take over the whole town acquisition space. I think it's a, it's a balance between the two. Okay, Joe. So you talk about the impact of AI and chatbots, but what about the 800-pound gorilla in the room? I mean, what what impact is Google having on recruiting today? And your prediction of Google's recruiting industry impact in the future. So, so how's it hitting us today, and what do you see in the future for Google? So, yeah, I definitely would say um, it's probably one of the most exciting announcements, right, and involvements in our industry and probably in recent time. And if not, if you go over the history of Shaker, having someone like a Google, I believe, taking notice, right, of the talent acquisition, recruitment, marketing. Yeah, it's legit. It is legit. And obviously there's, you know, there's no denying their involvement. I mean, it's, as we all know, it's not just, you know, one area, right? They're, you know, looking into three, mm-hmm. whether it be, you know, ATS, very entry level, obviously with their search API and obviously in the connection between the job postings and the candidates. Um, and then, of course, Google for Jobs, obviously, right there and driving traffic to the job boards as well as directly to company career sites. So they're covering it in three areas and already gone right internationally as they launched in, obviously, the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Just this week. So um, they're not joking around like they never do. Um, I believe, you know, the excitement I see, you know, outside of Google for Jobs, which I think is obviously a great 
um, distribution point, right, for job boards and for clients direct. So, I mean, for our clients, it's important and it's essential. We make sure whatever technology platform, recruit marketing platform they're on is distributing their jobs right into Google for jobs. It's driving awareness, I believe, in our industry to search engine marketing. I mean, doing search engine marketing is not new to recruitment marketing, but it's got a lot of attention now because obviously individuals are looking like, well, how do I sponsor my jobs? Um, I don't believe Google for Jobs is going to be a pay-per-post model. They're just going to say, you want to sponsor? Use AdWords. Um, so it's driving, I think, more uh, involvement and awareness around SEM. Um, but the exciting part is, I think, what they're trying to tackle, just like they tackled across the web, matching candidates to jobs and jobs to candidates. And for so long, we were relying on hoping that the candidates wrote the right keywords and hoping that recruiters wrote the right job descriptions. Um, and now, right, Google's using AI is making sense of what candidates are typing and obviously what companies are putting in postings to do a better job matching. And I believe no one can do it better than, of course, Google. So here's the big question. How how stupid is Indeed for not playing in this game? Because right now what we're seeing, or at least what we're, we, we think we're seeing with analytics and, and, and talking to many of these analytic companies, is that uh, really there's a redistribution of Indeed's organic traffic going out to everybody else right now because Indeed's not playing the game. So, so how dumb is Indeed for not playing the Google game? Well, I wouldn't call it dumb, Chad. I mean, right, content's king. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, I mean, in theory, right, in all intents and purposes, Indeed still is the largest job board on the web. Now, we all know even before Google for Jobs announced, I mean, technically Google was the largest job board, right? 87% mm. Wall Street start there. Right. Uh, so, but in theory, right, Indeed's the largest. So, I mean, if I was Indeed, I mean, I don't know if I would just overnight all of a sudden say, hey, here's all my content. Um, you know, I think they're trying to figure it out. And obviously, you know, you see what Indeed's done. I think it was a smart move, right? The acquisition of Glassdoor. Mm. Uh, by recruit, not Indeed, right? We all keep saying Indeed, but it was really recruit. Right. Well, it's driving, it's going to eventually drive more traffic, but in theory, um, you know, they're getting into the branding space. And so it's not just, you know, becoming a job board and being the largest job board. I think they're obviously trying to become you know, the largest recruitment platform. Um, and it's job postings, it's databases, and it's branding. Um, so I believe, you know, there's some smart people there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know that. Um, they're, tr- you know, they're evolving um, and moving with the times. And I think until they figure it out, um, you know, just quickly saying, here's all our content, I think obviously it would have been a mistake on Indeed's end. So I, I agree with their move. Personally. But it's not their content, though. Most of that is not their content. And Google is going to be getting that content anyway. So the, the, the piece that Indeed's going to have, that's only their stuff, whatever that might be, is a small percentage of what Google's already going to have in the first place. True. But, you know, in terms of the ecosystem, right, would you just if as long as let's put it this way, is Indeed's traffic, you know, the same as it was last year? No. Right. I mean, their traffic obviously is uh, decreasing, but that's across all job boards. Right. You could say that for any job board because there's not as many job seekers there. So as long as they're still producing the quality traffic. Um, and I think that's broadening their reach. I mean, just sending your jobs to Google for jobs. I mean, in reality. I mean, look at when we look at Google for Jobs now, they're moving job boards out of it anyway, mm-hmm. right? They want they want direct to companies. So, Joe, we've talked a lot about the future of the vendor space and what kind of products and services uh, will be in the future and what they'll look like. I'm curious about, you know, when Little Shaker graduates from Wisconsin in 15 <laughs> years 
and she takes over the family business in 20 years, what kind of business is she going to be taking over? What's it look like? Sure. In 15 years, I, I hope it's a little bit longer than that. But um, I enjoy and I appreciate, Joe, the Wisconsin uh, mention and not the Ohio State. I don't know exactly how old your daughter is, but you get the point. <laughs> I'm more referencing the Wisconsin, not the Ohio, so that is correct. Go box. <laughs> I am optimistic, obviously, um, in terms of where the agency is going. Um, And I believe this isn't just for Shaker, it's for all my my agency friends out there. It's tough out there, right? I mean, this isn't just, as we said earlier, right, the right right media strategy, right? You need an organization. I think clients out there is just getting harder and harder to find people. And we know that that's not going to stop anytime soon. You know, having that right message and employment branding and having the right strategy and the right experience is a complicated uh, formula. And there's a lot of parts to it. And so having that trusted advisor and that trusted partner alongside of them to help navigate through that, um, I believe, is what's going to be essential. And so I think that's why it's very optimistic for all agencies out there. Um, it's not just as simple as putting a job on one of the job boards anymore. Um, and so, you know, it also is it's complicated. Um, and so I have to my goal and my job, right, obviously, as we move into the future, just like my father and his siblings, you know, it was it was easy for me to walk through the forest when someone has already cut down the trees. And it's my job to continue to curve that path so that hopefully when that fourth generation does decide to come um, and join the Shaker family and join the Shaker company, um, that they can continue with my grandfather's mission and helping organizations recruit and retain talent. Well, that's a very heartwarming answer, but I'll ask it more specifically. Um so, you know, bots, automation, AI, you know, the day of, you know, talking to a voice assistant where you say, you know, find me a PHP developer in Seattle uh, and having the machines do it. Like, is there no, does, does nothing keep you up at night in terms of thinking that technology may take away our, our you know, feasibility with employers in the future? Or do you rest pretty pretty uh, soundly? I think t- technology is going to make it efficient, Joe, right? And I, we're already seeing that, you know, with the Google search API and obviously with the likes of like sourcing solutions out there um, and chatbots, right, that we've talked about today. Um, but, I mean, this is recruiting and choosing a job. It's a life-changing decision. And so ultimately, there still has to be, I believe, that personal connection, that personal touch. And so, no, I'm not in the school that I believe, you know, technology and bots and AI is going to completely replace recruiters and replace agencies for that matter. Um, It's going to make us more efficient. It's going to make us more accountable. It's going to make us smarter. Um, It's going to make it easier for us to find that needle in a haystack, that passive impulsive candidate. But I do not believe it's going to completely replace us um, just because of the, the decision to quit one company, move to the other, you know, individuals are going to want to talk to, feel that organization before making that decision, I believe. So what does keep Joe Shaker awake at night? My four-year-old, my two-year-old, and my soon-to-be newborn. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know how that thing works? I mean, seriously, man. <laughs> Good one, Chad. Joe, thanks for your time, man. I know we've been bugging you for a while to get on the show, and uh, we, we finally became big enough that you, you could spend time with us. We appreciate it. We appreciate it, man. I've enjoyed listening uh, to you all. And obviously, we have a great partnership and friendship. And so I wish you all the best. And I have to, though, um, thank you for your time. But I also do a plug that I hope you vote for, obviously, Shaker, for myself, and, of course, Chad and Joel on the T8SAC. So cast your votes out there, everybody. Go to ChadCheese.com and hit the vote button. And you're going to see some Shaker stuff in there. So give Joe some love. And by the way, if you want to know more about Joe and his agency, where should they go? 
go to www.shaker.com. Fair enough. Thanks, Joe. Sweetness. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we, we out. out. Go box. Okay, 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 okay. Before we go, remember when I asked you about the whole reflex and check your text messages thing? Yeah, you know all about reflexes. Uh, and then I br- <laughs> brilliantly tied it to text messages, 97% open rate. Then I elegantly, elegantly <laughs> tied it to a better experience for your candidates. <laughs> Don't laugh, Chad. I can be elegant. Can't I? Whatever, man. I know it's redundant. You already heard about text to hire, but you're still not using text to hire from next. What? I, I know, man. Come on, man. Since advertising takes repetition to soak in. I just thought I'd remind you again, this was all by Elegant Design. It's all about text to hire and it's all about next. And Elegant Design. So go to chadcheese.com, click on the next logo and get 25, yeah, I said 25% off your first text to hire campaign. Engage better, use text to hire from next. Two X's. Booyah. Thanks to our partners at TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Remember to visit tatech.org. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.